This B Podcast Network show is presented by IXL. IXL's all-inclusive online teaching and learning platform simplifies ed tech needs and accelerates achievement in 95 of the top 100 U.S. school districts. IXL delivers personalized learning across a comprehensive pre-K-12 curriculum, including math, language arts, science, and social studies, and it helps you assess student performance through actionable real-time insights at every level of your school or district. This one solution performs work that typically requires dozens of different tools. Want to find out why so many leading districts trust IXL? Visit IXL.com forward slash B-E. That's IXL.com forward slash B-E. The galaxies we hear, All right, so welcome back to another episode of Tell Me This. I am your co-host, Carrie Borkowski, here again with Brianne Ruse. And in a moment, I'm going to toss it over to Brianne so she can introduce our special guest. I'm super excited to to hear from Jessica. Um, Brianne, well, I'll let Brianne do the introductions. I'm not going to say more. So um, I no longer know what episode this is. So I'm just going to say welcome to another episode of Tell Me This. That way I will never be wrong because it's just another episode. So there you go, Brianne. There was my All right, great. <laughs> Perfect. Um, this episode, we're recording it um, on a Wednesday evening. It probably won't drop until probably early February, but I think it's important. We wanted to mark that today is actually January 20th. So it is inauguration day. We have a new president Biden and our first female vice president, my daughter in her kindergarten zoom class today made sure to announce to everybody that we had a girl being, uh, being inaugurated today as vice president. So there was a lot of excitement in our house. And as I was um, trying to catch snippets of President Biden's speech, and then I also listened to the, yes, 22-year-old poet laureate. She was incredible. Sit with that for a second. 22 <laughs> years old at an inauguration. So, um, so I had a moment to reflect on it. And I just wanted to share, I grabbed a couple of quotes that I thought um, might be relevant to the conversation we're going to have. So in part of Biden's speech, he says, in another January on New Year's Day in 1863, Abraham Lincoln signed the Emancipation Proclamation. When he put pen to paper, the president said, and I quote, if my name ever goes down in history, it'll be for this act and my whole soul is in it. My whole soul was in it today. On this January day, my whole soul is in this, bringing America together, uniting our people, uniting our nation. And I ask every American to join me in this cause. And then he goes on to say, uniting to fight the foes we face, anger, resentment, hatred, extremism, lawlessness, violence, disease, joblessness, and hopelessness. With unity, we can do great things, important things. We can right wrongs. And then he says a few other things and then ends it with, we can deliver racial justice and we can make America once again, the leading force for good in the world. And I don't know about you, Brianne, but I just, as I listened to that, that idea of uniting really sort of fits in well with this podcast. I mean, we're about cultivating community and building belonging and seeing everybody for their contributions and their value. And so I'm just so grateful to be listening to our leader talk about the things that matter 
And then um, before I toss it over to you, Brianne, I wanted to give a shout out to this amazing poet laureate, <laughs> Amanda Gorman. And in part of her um, poem today, she said, she said a lot of good things. So if you haven't had a chance to listen, you should listen or at least read the transcript. And she said, and yes, we are far from polished, far from pristine, but that doesn't mean we are striving to form a union that is perfect. We are striving to forge our union with purpose. And I was, I mean, I have chills right now. I know. <laughs> like, oh, she was so amazing. Uh, I mean, I just feel like that, those words just a hit on so many chords for, for me. And I feel like what we hope for our students, our kids, our communities, that it's not about being perfect, right? It's about forging a union with perfect purpose. And Brianne, I just feel like it fits so nicely, all of those quotes with our ideas of intentionality and noticing and paying attention. And so, um, yeah, so it's January 20th. We now have our 46th president, yes. right? Yep. President Joe Biden and Vice President uh, Kamala Harris. I love saying that, by the way. Um, so I just <laughs> wanted to mark that um, with this episode. And so, Brianne, I'm going to toss it over to you. Oh my gosh. Well, you chose awesome quotes. I was saying before we hopped on, I was, I was glued to the TV to the extent that I could be today. I taught a couple of classes, so I had to not watch. And unfortunately I missed his speech. So I've heard parts of it, but haven't heard the whole thing. Um, but I, I, what you read, I mean, the, my whole soul is in this. I believe that I like, I really truly believe that, um, with this president and we need that so desperately in this mm -hmm. country and in the world. So I really love that you chose that. Um, I did watch the poet and she was incredible. She is 22. She looks younger, to be yeah. honest, <laughs> but she is so poised. Yes. I mean, and her hand movement, like she was feeling the words that she wrote. And as she was speaking, I'm like, God, she has a way with words. Like, of course she has a way with words. She's the poet laureate. She's amazing. Um, but just the most beautiful messages of hopefulness and mm -hmm. recognition of the brokenness that we're in right now without despair and saying yeah. sort of, yes, we are here and we're going to move forward. Yeah. I really, I just thought it was phenomenal. Oh, just, I, I just feel lighter. Yeah. I don't know. It's, and Kendi, um, Dr. Kendi is coming to speak tonight, actually at my university after we finish recording this and gosh, I have to find it. He was talking with, um, or he posted something today about hope and kind of the, that today we can celebrate. And he said, um, joy among other things about trump he said joy today resolve tomorrow mm -hmm. and i just was like we are given the permission to just celebrate today and for me that means enjoy the pageantry and <laughs> the ceremony because you know i love ceremonies so much. i know <laughs> so with the banners and the flags and the music and the organization and the straight lines and the truth i mean that's like right up my alley i just love it so yeah. i did take um find a lot of joy in all of that today that's awesome um, so this is so exciting. Everything, you know, we've, we've come so far. I think we've, we've podcasted through the pandemic and we're hopefully on the other side of it in 2021. When we talk about hope. And I do have to say that one of the most positive and optimistic people in my life is sitting here on the screen with us. So it's, Aww. it's perfectly fitting that we have, um, Jessica Anastasia with us, and she is a new voice to all of you, but certainly one who's familiar to me because she is my sister-in-law. <laughs> um, yeah, I know. It's so exciting. So we have the true privilege of speaking with her today, and I'll just share a little bit of her bio. So Jessica um, began her career as a coach. She coached competitive and recreational figure skating for 22 years. 
And in the context of skating, she was the director of summer training camps and learned to skate programs. And she coached the Special Olympics and unified sports. Jessica has a bachelor's in psychology and a master's in special ed, and she's currently an eighth grade special ed teacher and co-teacher of math. She is super active always. Um, she loves to be active herself and also with her two sons and her husband. And she loves to run and uh, skate, of course, and hike and ski. And they just are, are a really active and great family. And I mean, I'm a little biased, but I think they're <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Uh, she also is a very faithful listener of Tell Me This, probably our biggest fan, which Yay! is really great that she's here. <laughs> yeah. Um, and what's neat between us is, you know, obviously we have a lot to talk about with our family and our kids are just about uh, the same ages. She mm -hmm. has sons and I have daughters, but, you know, kind of doing parallel things. And we are both teachers, but of different grade levels. And this podcast and the discussions, Carrie, that you and I have had with our guests have really prompted some kind of epic text threads between Jessica and myself about these topics, about belonging and mm. what she's doing and what I'm doing and what we think. And it turns out that we have a lot of very similar philosophies, even though I think our day-to-day -day practices are a little bit different and our schedules are different, but fundamentally we have a lot of the same beliefs, which is mm. pretty, pretty cool. And it's been fun to kind of explore that. So welcome to Jess and thank you for coming. Well, thank you so much for having me. Um, you're going to get me all choked up. Your kind words really mean a lot. So thank you. Um, so, um, yeah. I wanted well, to. We're happy actually, to have you. Yeah, thanks. I, I wanted yeah. to actually say something about the um, inauguration because um, the poet laureate actually came up in our um, department meeting yesterday and our speech pathologist had said that she um, had overcome a speech impediment. Um, so she truly is an inspiration. Wow. Um, she yeah. struggled with our controlled vowels. Um, and uh, I think it's just, it, it's amazing. I have um, some students that struggle with that as well. Um, and students that are so bright and it, it can really challenge them to feel good about themselves and look at this inspiration right in front of us, in front of our world and the impact she's made. Um, I, I didn't get to read the poem yet or hear it, uh, but I will, I can't wait to go look it up and, and indulge <laughs> And yeah. what she has said, because I've heard nothing but good. Um, and I just, I'm inspired by her and inspired by what you guys have already shared. So thanks for that. Oh, that's so good to know. Um, thank you for that, because now I will use it in class tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. In my speech pathology classes. <laughs> that's perfect. That's awesome. Um, super, super so Jess, you know that we always like to touch base with our guests before we start. So that, you know, the first question is a softball. It's really just, how are you? How are you? How's the family? How are you holding up? Um, you know what? We're holding up great. Um, we are so lucky. Um, we're, we live in a state where the numbers are low. Um, so that's been very helpful to our day-to-day -day life. Um, we fortunately haven't had to deal with um, anybody getting sick, we've had to go through the few rounds of tests and, you know, the worry that goes along with that. Um, but other than that, we've been, we've been good. The boys have been able to participate in their activities with restrictions, of course, but, you know, um, that has helped us keep some normalcy in our life. So I'm, I'm just thankful really for every day. The boys are in school full-time. I'm in school full-time. Um, we do have one virtual day um, and the kids have had to go virtual a little bit, but 
just a little. So um, I'm feeling blessed and thankful. Um, so we're holding up okay. And we have a strong family unit, uh, family text chain, couple different family text chains uh, that help us get through our days. Um, and I have to say that last week when I listened to the podcast, I was like, okay, now life's back to normal. I podcast gets me through my week. It resets my mind. It reconnects me with my purpose talking about purpose so uh, that's awesome um, and and we did not pay her to say that by the way that was <laughs> no we didn't that was not coerced in any sort of way so um I think uh, Jessica I think Brianne could also speak to the sort of momentary I'm gonna say panic moments when you think your kid has been near someone who I've I've, I've received a few texts and had a text chain with Brianne about that so but fortunately everybody's been healthy so far so that's good that's yeah. good. I'm so glad. Yeah. So that's me. Brand's looking at me like, you got to ask the question, Carrie. So, <laughs> so that would be me. <laughs> so as Jessica knows, and folks who listen to us regularly know, this really is, you know, a podcast that, I mean, I think it centers on belonging. We do a lot. We, we do a lot of other things related. And so one thing we always love to do, Jessica, as you know, is we also like to ask our guests, you know, what is your sort of concept of belonging? Like, what do you, what does it look like to you? What do you think about when you, when you hear this, this notion of belonging? Um, well, belonging is actually super special to me because, um, mm -hmm. you know, I work with middle school students and that's a really scary age. Um, there is so much going on with them. They're growing, they're maturing. Um, you know, in the school district that I work in, there's five elementary schools and they all land um, for seventh and eighth grade at our middle school. Um, and I really feel like it's like they're dropped into this island, you know, it's like, all right, figure it out. They're now, you know, instead of such a controlled, um, you know, moving from one or two classes, they're moving to eight classes a day. Uh, I mean, right now it's different, but in general, um, the different groups of kids are mixed together um, from the different schools. Um, and there's just, there's a lot of negotiating that goes on between their organization, their executive, we're demanding so much of their executive function skills between sixth and seventh grade. Um, so lots and lots of changes, lots of transition, and they're with us for a blip of time. Mm. Um, and then when they go off to high school, I mean, I'm really passionate that when they leave me that they are feeling good about themselves. So, you know, I think the most important piece is that, you know, you can't really belong to a group or with people if you're not belonging and accepting yourself. Mm. Like the, it starts inside first. Um, and so that's, that's really the heart of my um, conception of belonging. And we have a lot of work at the, high, at the middle school level to do because I feel like it's just starting at that Absolutely. point. Oh, middle school. I, I mean, I have so much admiration for all our K to 12 teachers, but I have a special place in my heart for middle school teachers <laughs> because like you couldn't pay me any amount of money to go back to middle school. And I feel like if you don't get the belonging piece right in middle school, some of those middle school kids, when they become adults, stay in middle school <laughs> for those reasons, right? It's just, it's such a hard age. And so I'm glad to hear there are people like you, um, you know, really focused on that. And I love, and, and Brand, I'm sure you love it too. I love that you said it, 
it starts with inside yourself, right? That that reminds me of Maya Angelou talking about, you know, belonging to yourself, right? Everywhere and nowhere. So, so that's, that's amazing for sure. So. Yeah, I love it. <clears throat> what I love about it is that you're talking about belonging that starts within yourself, but that you as an external agent, if you will, are helping students to find that in themselves. So it's not like just go figure it out. It's yeah. all on you. It's, it's that we collectively as a community are trying to help them to figure out who they are, right? And, and to kind of figure out their strengths and what they like and, and that sort of thing, so. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, no, I think that's great. So maybe you could compare for us um, a typical day from the fall to the spring. So, and for us, we're talking like academic spring semester. So 2021, I guess. So 2020 versus 2021 in your teaching context. Is there a difference between what it looked like before the holiday break and now? Um, so th that's an interesting question. Um, this year, there is a big difference because um, we started school all nervous. You know, we didn't know what it was going to look like, what it was going to feel like, what was it going to feel like going from virtual learning to now we're back in person. Um, there was a lot of trust that needed to be developed um, to feel safe. Um, and there was a lot of routine to, to redevelop. And um, that took time. It took some consistency. We moved from the virtual hybrid model to uh, you know one day virtual and full-time in-person learning. So there's a lot of adjustments there. And the, and the students have had to continually transition as we've had some students go into quarantine and, um, you know, moving, you know, keeping in the same seats. And, you know, those adjustments have been challenging, but the students have done an amazing job. And we personally have a really good routine that is in place as far as like when students are moving um, in our hallways and when, you know, how, how we're, we're getting about the day. Um, so that's kind of in place. Mm -hmm. And that, then we started learning, you know, we learned in the beginning, but we did a lot of like relationship <laughs> building and like a lot of, you know, the technology woes, like figuring those pieces out. Um, and there was, you know, a, there was a heavy focus on just connect back with your kids, mm. you know, talk with them, get to know them. We don't know how long we're going to get to stay. So, you know, we were pushed to really put time and effort into that relationship building, which I really valued um, because it gave me the time to slow down and build that relationship. And it was, it was hard because you saw the kids, you know, two days a week in person and then two days they were gone. So it was like, it took so many weeks to get to the point where it felt like, you know, the middle of September in the regular school year versus this year, it wasn't until like November mm -hmm. that you had that same feeling of the middle of September. Like, oh, we know the kids for three weeks now. Well, three weeks of in-person time took a long time to get there. So the fall was just a lot of figuring out, a lot of transition. I think we have things now in place. Now we're moving into the spring and, and my job with my students 
is they're beginning now to break free a little bit more. Um, so particularly for eighth grade, um, they're getting ready for the high school. In about a week, they're going to have high school people come in and talk with them about choosing their courses. So not only does, um, you know, are we more settled, but the mindset, there's a shift in the mindset um, of where, where we're going and what we're going to do. Um, so the difference is, is not really a big change in the model, but it's a big change in, in our minds and um, giving the kids breaking free that independence. Like yeah. we need to, now we begin to the let go. <laughs> yeah. They're off to high school. Yeah. And you did a ton of, I mean, you did a ton of prep work in the fall, right? Building those relationships and trust to sort of you know, they don't need as much scaffolding, if you will, now going into the spring. I'm curious, Jessica, I, I mean, and I think Brianne would agree. I feel like we've, I'm so grateful and thankful that we've heard this, a similar story over and over again from people in different contexts, this notion of we were told to build relationships and connect with our students and just, I mean, we heard this so much in the fall, leaders saying, just check in, just check in. How are your kids doing? And I wonder what do you think about that? Like, why did it take, I mean, look, you know, as well as I do, because I, I can tell just by talking to you for just a few minutes that you value that piece of the learning. And so pre pandemic, I'm guessing you were already doing, that was like part of your strategies, right? Your toolbox, if you will. So I guess yes. I'm just wondering, like, why did it take a pandemic for leaders to finally say, do this, right? Be intentional, be purposeful, instead of just like letting that happen and focusing on tests and learning and whatever. I don't know. Do you have a notion about that? Like, why do you think it took a pandemic? Right. I, well, I wish that I, I had a good idea about that. Um, I think that, uh, you know, it's fine. Like they, the leaders are walking in our shoes, you mm -hmm. know, like we, we all moved to a level playing field, even the kids, you know, like there's so many times I've stood in the classroom and technology is going down or even behind the screen. And the kids are like, try this, Mrs. A, do this, Mrs. A. I think if you hit this button, you know, and it's like, we all end up on the same playing field. And, and I actually have appreciated that with my students. And I think that the pandemic has thrown everybody onto the same Field. And that that was really helpful. And I think the leaders also um, heard us. They heard we need time. We need help. We can't do this. Um, and they searched for the tools too. Um, and I think they they also felt it with their own families, you know, like now they're learning with their kids in their home and like, whoa, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's hard. Yeah. Um, so and I and I think you know, we have, we have some people, some leaders that just have done an amazing job at being able to step into our shoes. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I feel fortunate that I, that we have a leader um, of our school that's like that in our yeah. district. So I love that you're, I mean, you're basically kind of speaking our language, right? That everybody's a learner. And it sounds like the leaders have become learners and the teachers have become learners and our students are our teachers. I think that to some degree that was always the case, but maybe not as explicitly. So um, I don't know. There's a vulnerability that I think everybody shared. And yeah. all of a sudden, when that's sort of the case and we're all walking through that together, then we rely on each other differently than we did before. Um, yeah, that's I think, how I'm I think that's it. true. 
I think that they, you know, we also, they needed the feedback, like everything was brand new. Mm. So, like, you know, they needed, how is this working? What are the problems? Because, you know, we're, we're all working towards a common goal, right? And that was thrown harshly in front of our face of like, we need to reach our kids. We need to teach our kids. Like, and now we have to learn this, you know, this new way of teaching. Um, so they needed our feedback and they needed to work with us to be able to produce and to, to put out. So I think there was, there was um, reciprocal respect mm, nice. that, that has developed, which is really awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think too, for, at least in my context, it feels like at least temporarily, I'm hoping it's not temporary, but there's been a sort of reshuffling of priorities, right? That, um, like you were saying, you know, we're trying things new technology's going down. What can we do? We can reach out to the students, right? We can, we can have a conversation at a bare minimum. And so I think recognizing that we're all human beings who need that connection, right? We're, we're feeling beings who think not thinking being beings who feel. So, um, I always try to remember that. I just hope we don't forget it. So, um, so I think that's a good, um, Jessica, a good segue into something else I'm, I'd love to hear from you about, which is, as Brian sort of alluded to, we're focusing on healing. Um, I know we're still in the midst of the pandemic. We need to wear our masks. I keep saying that, Brian, because I, I want to be on record that I told people to wear their masks and stay safe. <laughs> we know where you stand with it. We, we, exactly. I don't want there to be yeah. any, uh, um, you know, inconsistency. Um, I do think we're starting to see a little bit of a light, right? The vaccine is coming. Um, I'm just trying to be hopeful. And so healing felt like a good place to go with this, these conversations. And so as you think about your own experiences, Jessica, and your family and your students, and we know from, you know, a great book that we actually talked about a few podcast episodes ago, the, the um, it's called Burnout, um, The Secret to Unlocking the Stress Cycle, is that even when the stressor, you know, disappears or it gets smaller, the stress still lives in our bodies, right? And so how do we, how do you, how are, who, how are you sort of starting that healing process? Either you personally, if you want to share, or are there things you're doing with your students or your own family to sort of, you know, be again, intentional about that, that healing? Um, I love the question. Uh, I, I um, really needed to think about that. Brianne had actually sent me a little note saying, hey, we might ask you this question just so <laughs> and get your, your ideas with us together, which was really happy. So thank you yep. um, just to, to organize my thoughts. Um, you know, we kind of the reprioritizing, right? Our um, professional goals this year as teachers is to integrate social emotional learning hmm. um, into our curriculum. And I love this, but I think it goes beyond um, the, the students. And we are actually engaging in a course um, through Yale. Um, it's a social emotional learning course um, with Mark Brackett and he's just amazing. <laughs> um, and so I'm going to go the route of permission to feel. Mm. And the, I think that's like a huge theme because, um, you know, I needed permission to feel like I'm losing my mind. <laughs> um, I'm really tired and I can't juggle all these things and, you know, permission to be upset with my kids if, mm. you know, 
something wasn't going the way I wanted or, um, and also the permission to be really happy to, you know, sit on a family zoom and laugh and giggle Mm -hmm. for an hour, you know, and enjoy that moment while so much sadness and heartache is going around. So, um, I, I really have connected with the, the course that we're learning. And I think that, you know, as I'm, you know, talk to you originally about belonging and that being something inside you first, um, the same thing you need to be, give yourself permission to, so you can show the students and the people you're working with that give them permission to feel mm-hmm. too. Yeah. Um, and that's something that, you know, even with my students, um, in middle school, what I think is really huge for them is that they, when they're moving into seventh and eighth grade, they're hormonal, there's all this transition, there's all these changes, right? Um, And there's, for some, it's new anxiety and stress and like, oh my gosh, I'm going out of my mind. Um, And for some, it's not, it's something that they've been juggling and trying to deal with forever. But I think giving them the understanding that it's okay, mm-hmm. I get stressed too, and yeah. you're not alone. You're not in this emotion alone. And, and by that, that's bringing us together and creating belonging because Absolutely. we belong together going through this. Like we're going through this together with our students, this group of kids, last year's group of kids, we will never forget them. Yeah, We will never mm-hmm. forget these stories. You know, this is huge part of our lives, you know? Absolutely. And just, I mean, I, I love that. I mean, first of all, I'm a big, and Brianna knows I'm a big Mark Brackett fan. So like, I'm like, come on, bring it on, keep talking, keep talking. (laughs) So that's, that's lovely. I think the other thing I really love about your story, Jessica, is I'm imagining you sitting with a student talking about the emotion. So for me, there's like so much going on there, right? You're, you're experiencing that vulnerability, you're modeling such great practice. And the other thing I think you're doing is, you're telling that student that they matter. You see them. And for you to, for you to be having that conversation and you say, I see you struggling. God, that, that means the world to any individual, whether you're, you know, 13 or 36 or, you know, 96, like just that somebody notices that maybe you're not having a good day today, or maybe you're, you know, you got a pep in your step today. What, what happened? What's, you know, getting you excited. So I love I love that whole notion that you're, you're seeing your students for who they are. I think the other thing for me, what I've loved about Mark Brackett, and I still have a lot of work to do is I love that he's given us so much language around emotion that it's not just like I'm happy or sad or, or angry, right? There's like real nuance. And I found myself, um, you know, you know, I get mad at my kids and I'm apologizing to my kids and having to explain to them and not just saying I'm mad, but like really digging in so that they're also learning a language around emotion. That's not as simple as just, you know, four words. So I think he has so he's contributing so much in the emotion space. So I just love his yeah. work. <laughs> I, t- oh, I, love, I mean, I could talk about this all day. I just think it's yeah. so great. And I have two stories. So one, I, I share a video came up on my phone the other day and it's the true story of an ICU nurse, I think in Ohio who's treated, you know, so many COVID patients, but one was a 28 year old woman who was six months pregnant and she was really, really sick and Mm -hmm. needed to be intubated. And they took the baby early. uh, Maybe it was more than six months uh, because the baby was okay. But in any case, the mom was okay. The baby was okay. 
And the nurse promised the mom when she was at her worst, if you make it through this, I'm throwing you the biggest baby shower like there ever was. So P.S. She raised all this money, had a huge blowout for this patient. You know, once she was out, um, she became the godmother to the baby. And the the patient just said, no one has ever noticed me before. Hmm. I never knew that I mattered enough to have something like this. Like, and of course the story gets me because I worked in the hospitals before, you know, like the whole thing I just, and the baby, the whole thing was, was great. But that line, I was just like, oh, that's it. Like that's it across the board, every place. You just want to be noticed and respected. And I mean, that's really what mattered more to her. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. so that there was that. Um, But in terms of like the mutuality of experience with our students and saying, you know, this is hard for you and it's also hard for us. I've had that in just the past two days because we started classes yesterday and our first two days of classes are, are fully online like we were in the fall. But starting tomorrow, we're in this hybrid model where we go back, most of us face to face and we're in different classrooms than we've ever been in before. And students are really stressed about where to be, not where to find the classes, but where to take their online classes Mm. Um, because they can't necessarily be in their dorms. A lot of them are off campus, but they don't have time to get off campus. There are just a lot of logistical challenges that go along with this. So I said, you know, I am hearing it and seeing it all these pre-class surveys and flip grids and all these things that I'm asking them to do. It's just resonating everywhere. They're super concerned about the logistics of, of the spring. And I said, I completely get that. And I have no doubt that you'll figure it out. And I said, you don't wanna know like what I'm really stressed about? I'm really stressed about the tech. I said it worked fine when I was in an empty classroom, but my biggest fear is that my online students are just gonna be like in an abyss somewhere, not able to connect and feel like a part of the community that we're trying so hard to um, achieve and, and create for them. So I said, we are right there. We faculty are right there. Like everybody's got like slightly different concerns, but we're all sort of nervous about Thursday. Like, let's just be honest. Hmm. But I said, it's gonna be fine. Like, look at what we've done. We like conquered mountains last March when we went from fully face-to-face, life was normal to, to the crazy of the spring. And then the fall, you know. So I think kind of going back to what we say so often, which is pointing out the strengths, recognizing that we can do hard things and that we have already done a lot of hard things and we've done them together and that it's gonna be fine. And you're gonna have trouble finding a place to study. And a student came on late today and I was like, hold it. You're in a different place. I don't even recognize that building. Where are you? She's like, I'm in the business school. I don't even know if I'm allowed to be here. <laughs> I'm like, everybody, there's a place in the business school. You can take your online class. So it totally broke the tension. Everybody was laughing, you know, hmm. and that was just sort of the message. It's like, we're in this together. It's sort of scary. We all have these different concerns, but at the end of the day, it's about us as a community of learners. And if what we learn that day is that there's a nook in the business school, or I figure out how to use this camera thing, <laughs> then that's where we are. Yeah. You know, and I said, no one's losing points or failing because we can't get through these things. Like that's, you know, and I, to me, the students are so hyper obsessed with grades. I have to take that off the table for them. Yeah. So we can just really enjoy each other. Like it's fun. I don't, I wouldn't teach if I didn't enjoy my students. So let's yeah. kind of try to break down some of those barriers to do that. Yeah. I really like what you just said. They like enjoy each other. Um, and just like a little piggybacking off of acknowledging the emotions and the permission. Um, you know, one of the things, the biggest things that I've learned over the course of these last four years teaching in special education is emotion of emotional availability is a thing. It's a real thing. Um, and if we are not giving ourselves permission to feel, if we're not acknowledging our feelings or giving 
language to our emotions and our feelings, then we are not going to be emotionally available to learn. And, and so many times we do get caught up in the fast pace of the world and the, our demands that it's like, okay, yeah, you're feeling stressed. Okay. Yes. But we have to get this done and this done and this done. It's like, whoo, let's slow down, you know, um, because let's get you emotionally available. Let's talk about it. Cause I bet you, after you acknowledge the student's feelings, you were able to do something today, that day, or, Absolutely. you know, you were able to move yeah. forwards, yeah. you know, everyone kind of takes that sigh of relief. Um, so I'm, those students are very lucky to have you. I knew that already. But. No. <laughs> yeah. You're very kind. Likewise, likewise. Yeah, I, think, um, um, I totally agree with you. I feel like Brianne, you're right. We could talk. We could talk with Jessica about this all night. I just read an article the other day for another project I'm doing, and I was, I'm not a neuroscientist by any stretch of the imagination. So there were things in that article that I didn't understand and just sort of went through. But the, the, the crux of the article was about this guy had he had done it and he had read studies that had literally been mapping the brain and showing that traditionally we always thought that there were areas of the brain that were exclusively for emotion and exclusively for cognition. And the more they do those fMRIs and things of that nature, they're finding out that like those emotions, those are actually doing cog cognition functions and those cognition areas are doing it. And so like his point was, we should not be talking about these things separately, that they are integrated in so many ways. And so I think Jessica, to your point, I think literally when you talk to your students about emotions, you, you probably do clear space in some sort of way, right. Um, to open up your brain to, to learning. Like, I mean, we know about cognitive load, like we know what stress does to cognitive load. And so that is the extent of my neuro. I am, I, I said nothing fancy. I just brass tacks there. Cause I don't, I don't know that science, but it's really cool that it is so integrated that it's just, it's not separate. And we filter all of what we learn through our emotions. So definitely matters. Um, oh gosh. I mean, Obama yeah, even talked about that in his book. You know that I can't go through this without so obsessed with this book. Well, that book is so long. It. There's got to be something on emotions in it. It's got to have something on everything totally. in that dang book. <laughs> well, and actually it was on, um, I mean, it's clearly in the book, but it was also on Brene Brown's podcast with, with him uh, uh, where yeah. they were talking about just what you said, um, just with emotional availability and Carrie with, you know, thinking or we are feeling people who think he was talking about being in these like high level policy meetings. And at the end of the day, it's not about the policy. It's about how people felt about the policy, yeah. right? It's, it's all about the heart. And then they get to the fancy language and all of the, you know, kind of the, the points, but yeah. even at the highest levels of government, it's all about people yep. who are people who are making these decisions. And I remember him I thought, saying oh my gosh. that. I remember him saying that. And I almost, I don't know that he said this, but I felt like he was saying, because he's such an intellectual I felt like he was alluding to the fact that that used to drive him a little crazy that he'd have this like clearly well thought out policy. And at the end of the day, it might not be successful because of the flurry of human beings involved in the process. Right. So yes, exactly. Yeah that's, yeah. that's a good point, Brianne, for sure. Um, this next question, Jessica, I don't know. I mean, we, you have offered so many really amazing insights. I don't know if you'll be able to sort of go back to the well for one more, but we'll, we'll <laughs> give it a try. Um, one thing that Brianne and I have been curious about, and we sort of alluded to it in our conversation, this sort of, are we going to have a short memory, right, about this pandemic and try to just revert back to sort of the old way of things, whatever that is. And so I guess I'm wondering, 
as you move from the fall into the spring, are you sort of either making mental or actual notes about practices or something you learned that you're going to, you're like, even after the pandemic, this is something that, you know, we should be doing as a school or I'm going to be doing as a, as a mom or a teacher, or I was just curious if you have any of those sort of takeaways. Uh, I think the biggest takeaway is the check-in, checking in even, you know, with not only my students, but the paraprofessionals that I, that are working in the room with me and with my students, my fellow colleagues, like check in, ask how, how are you, um, and wait for the answer and, Mm. and listen to the answer. Yes. Right. Uh, so many times like, good, you know, keep going. Um, and I think the more we practice, that how are you? I'm good. Today was good because, or just more of a deeper conversation, the better we're going to get at that. So I'm, I'm hoping that through this spring that I can practice that more um, because I think, you know, I, I have this little check-in as Brian had mentioned with my students um, and they, they're awesome. I mean, some students are, are you know, don't give me too much information, but other yeah. students, um, they give me a lot. Um, and it's, I make sure that when they are giving me information that I do something with it, that I don't Mm. just look at it. Yeah. And those actions, um, are really important. So that's just something that I want to make sure that I carry forward forever. Um, I think that there are times that my, that I myself will, will try to move quickly through the, how are you? and get to the learning. And I, and I just want to keep the pace because I I like the pace that we've been forced into. Um, I I think it, I think it works. I think it's good for us. And that Mm -hmm. is the gift of what this pandemic has done. It's slowed us down tremendously. Absolutely. I love, I love a couple of things you said. I love that the check-in I think is huge, you know, hands down, but I, I loved, I don't know if our audience caught it. So I want to make sure we <laughs> emphasize it. Not only are you checking in, but you're waiting to hear an answer. Like, right. Like that pause, that, that pause that sometimes is really hard. <clears throat> I actually have to like pull myself back and sometimes count to a certain number. So I'll stay quiet. I love that you emphasize that because I think if you don't do that piece, you're sort of just, you know, steamrolling or rolling or whatever your metaphor is. Um, and do, and, and the other piece I loved from that was the do something with it, that, that follow-up, if you don't do that follow-up, they're not gonna, the next time you ask that, they're gonna be like, why should I answer? Because she didn't do anything with the first. So they're on to us very quickly. So I love that check-in, pause for a response and do something with whatever they say. Those are, those are huge takeaways, Jessica. Thank you for that. Yeah, and one of the cool things that came out of the conversations that Jess and I had over our um, phones, you know, just <laughs> texting through the fall was kind of talking about this. And then she shared some of the practical things that she does, like how she does these check-ins with using a Padlet, which is an online tool. Um, and then she sent me this chat pack of questions, which is just a whole bunch of questions that you can ask. And I used a lot, of them, a lot actually. Mm. And what was fun, and it would be like, you know, if you could have anything delivered to your door for every single day of the year, what would it be? And most I need that packet. Like I need my Starbucks. <laughs> I'll, okay, I'll send it to you. Um, but sometimes people would say funny things, you know, um, yeah. or like if you could live in any house in the world, where would it be? I'm like, well, obviously, like Windsor Palace or some royal <laughs> place is where I want to live. Um, and the kid, the students are like, oh, totally a Kardashian house. So you know, <laughs> it's sort of stooped to some lower levels in our conversation, but That's it's great hilarious. because then 
you know, we're talking about something later. I'm like, what are you looking at? Are you like Googling your Kardashian home? Like, come back with us, you know, and we can just <laughs> kind of remember and go back to it and have a moment of levity in class. I love that um, you have, so- a, I love that you have a home, like, like you had it at the ready. Like I I'm sitting here thinking, what would be my home? Cause I can't think of one, but you were like, <laughs> oh, Alice, clearly. Or, I'm like, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I would want to move in with Kate and Will if they would happen. I was just going to say be neighbors with Kate. <laughs> yes. Yeah, hilarious. hundred yeah. percent. Yeah. I mean, we're at the point where my students send me Royal news. They're like, I'm pretty sure you've seen this, but I just want to make sure you're up on it. Just in case you haven't. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah, That's so fun. Funny. But you know, that's a, that's an element of vulnerability also, right? Mm-hmm. Like yeah. you're this faculty member, blah, blah, blah. And then I'm like, and also <laughs> I think Kate is so great, you know, and we kind of just have some discussions like that and it breaks the ice and everybody feels a little bit more comfortable. Um, uh, that's awesome. So yeah. I mean, it's all just kind of in that vein of connecting with our students and, and trying to have some fun. Yeah. yeah. I mean, um, laughter is a really positive thing. So I, I mean, in those questions, it's so important that we laugh with each other. So totally. finding some opportunities to <laughs> make a smile. Let's Absolutely. do it. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And yeah. I knew that and about, I knew that about Brienne too, the love of the Royals, but every time she reminds me, I have a good laugh. Cause I forget <laughs> it's like a thing for her. <laughs> oh, it is. They're hanging my office so with fun. my family. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're not. <laughs> I think I even, I Googled the pair of shoes of Kate's favorite shoes for her 40th birthday. Sorry, that I was, said great. Oh no, that was one of the best gifts ever. And then she sent me the picture of Kate wearing the shoes. I was like, oh! I couldn't believe it when I opened the box. That's hilarious. Yeah, That's super awesome. fun. It was fun shopping for them. That's that awesome. Was a really, really great gift. Um, So anyway, this is kind of what happens in class. And I'm like, I don't know how to segue from the Royal family back to where we were so we're just gonna awkwardly right. move back <laughs> there's no way to segue. Um, you just go <laughs> right because no one does it better than the royals anyway okay um we did just want to wrap up by just asking you if there's anything else that you would love or kind of want us to know or that you'd like to share with our listeners so um any kind of message or tip or anything that's that's come up kind of a last last word anything else you'd like to share um, I think forgive yourself because we make mistakes, um, and it's okay to make mistakes. Um, and, and really like, look, look around and find it, even in the hardest days and in the, the hardest situations, look at something to make you smile because smiles, they give you faith. They give you, they renew your hope, um, and they're contagious. So, and then if that passes on to somebody else and then it might come back at you. So um, forgive yourself for the things that are hard and that you're, you know, being hard on yourself. You're, you're all, everyone's working hard, right? So we're all doing the best job we can each and every day, um, but find a reason to smile every day. Mm, Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. And according to my Peloton instructors, smiling (laughs) makes the level of exertion feel like it's less than it actually is. So 
there's another reason to smile. All right, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> there you Most go. And that is, that is supported by my Peloton trainers on my <laughs> bike. So, so it must be true. <laughs> <laughs> Most definitely. Definitely. So, well, Jessica, it has been an absolute pleasure to chat with you. Um, I, I, Brianne, I feel like we may have to have Jessica back again. <laughs> totally. Um, I, I kind of want to dig into some of these topics that we've talked about and hear more about her, your views, Jessica, on uh, Mark Brackett and emotions. I think there's so many ways we can go. And um, our dear audience, if you weren't paying attention, go back and listen to this again, because Jessica dropped a lot of the good nuggets um, across this, <laughs> this whole episode, the checking in and pausing and doing something and forgiving yourself, looking around, smiling. So do one of those things this week, because um, I think those are all really important. And um, as always, it has been a pleasure, Brianne and Jessica, to speak with you on this episode. And um, yeah, check, check us out. And thanks to everybody who's been listening. And uh, this is Carrie Borkowski and Brianne Roos. And tell me this. Thanks so much. Under the of your last year. Do you want to simplify your school's technology, save teachers time, and improve students' performance on state assessments? You can do it all, but don't waste another minute. Head straight to IXL.com forward slash BE to learn how IXL's research-proven teaching and learning platform can help you achieve all of these goals. That's IXL.com forward slash BE.